This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're having one of my favorite, I love my foreign guests, although he does live in the United States now, Um, but my guest is from Italy. I love Italy. As I was telling him, I would move to Italy in a second. And the cool thing is for many of us that work in the virtual world, we can. So maybe someday I will. Um, But anyhow, back to business, back to business. Today, we're going to have so much fun because we're going to be talking to the leaders out there who are listening or the people who want to be leaders and how, you know, there are many, many traits and skills that someone needs to learn or have or nourish to be that leader. And so please join me in welcoming Nicola Albini to our program today. Welcome, Nicola. Ciao, Deb. <laughs> you have this passion and love for Italy. I, I feel called to say ciao. Uh, yes, yes. I, I actually took a little basic Italian course and <laughs> you know now I, I you know, it could ask where the train station was and, you know, various things <laughs> like that. Obviously, well, Le Bagno, <laughs> you know, we always had to know that. But, um, you know, it, it, it really was absolutely fascinating and, and yeah. loved Italy. So let me tell people just a little bit about you. And I love your introduction because it's very different from what a lot of people send me. So we are here to not just survive, but to thrive as human beings and as souls. We are here to remember who we truly are. Our challenge is to discern between our ego and personality structure versus our true nature and soul. Our opportunity is to choose love versus fear. Our opportunity is to see ourselves and the world with the eyes of love. Our opportunity is to let go of our misperceived limitations and actualize, therefore, our true potential. So, Nicola, I love that. And what that makes me think is, you know, why, why is this such a passion for you? Because it truly, obviously, is a passion for you. So, how did you get into helping people with this? Well, thank you for the question, Deb. And by the way, I just want to say hi to all the people who are listening right now. Um, it's, um, it's been a journey for me, and it is still mm-hmm. is um, a journey. I always had this uh, feeling that um, there is something more to life than mm-hmm. just this physical reality, if mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Um, I grew up in Italy and I spent many years of my life living and, uh, and breathing in Italy and mm-hmm. uh, had many wonderful experiences. Uh, and I always felt there was something missing in my life mm-hmm. that um, I felt there was something that I could give and something that I could uh, do that was more of just this. Mm-hmm. You know, what I was doing at the end, it was working for the family business. I was, uh, you would say, successful at some mm-hmm. level. Right. Uh, but there was something that wasn't, that wasn't really uh, clicking inside. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. So I embarked, to make a long story short, uh, I embarked on this journey uh, it took me to the United States, and then I started to study and practice the principles of spiritual psychology. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have um, a master's, actually, in spiritual psychology. I mm-hmm. studied at this beautiful place, which is the University of Santa Monica, that changed literally my life. Mm-hmm. And I've learned uh, things and experienced things about myself uh, that I had no idea about. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned that... You know, we are not just human beings with a soul, but we are mm-hmm. actually soul having a human experience, mm-hmm. which means that life is a learning opportunity as souls because we are here to not just survive as human being, mm-hmm. but to thrive. And mm-hmm. to thrive means to really recognize that we have these unlimited sorts of well-being and, and love within ourselves as souls. And that life becomes an opportunity to actualize it, mm-hmm. to, to be that presence. And as a leader, 
in the business world, as a leader in the everyday life, I think it's a great reminder that life is not just a, a limit, a limit confined box where we play our role, but we are just more than that. We are mm-hmm. more than our roles. Right. And then I always say to my, to my friends and clients, it's like the role is the hat you put on, but it's not who you really are. That's mm-hmm. the mask. Mm-hmm. So the work I do with leaders and individuals, achievers, athletes, is to really go deeper into the nature of, uh, of who we are mm-hmm. and to really understand that behind the mask there is that soul, that is that true nature, mm-hmm. that expansive true nature. Right. Well, and you really did make a, a big shift in, in what you did because your degree that you got in Italy, um, you were a lawyer. And, you know, we all, you know, yes. we laugh and we joke about, oh, corporate lawyers or, you know, whatever. And, oh, ha, ha, you know, there. But, you know, and, but then you switched. I mean, this, this degree in spiritual psychology really is so very different. But yeah. to me, that means you, you understand both worlds. Um, you know, because lawyers, I mean, to be successful, they have to be driven. They have to, um, they, they do have a different mindset, you know, and, and if, yes, there are some that, that, you know, aren't good, but there's, you know, not good in, in everything. And, and, but, you know, for those who, who, you know, a leader who wants to change the world, wants to make positive differences to me, that seems difficult because, you know, they're always told, well, you have to answer to your shareholders. You have to always maintain a profit. You have to be ruthless. I mean, you know, that's what so many business owners, you know, and, and especially if you've got a large company, you know, you ethics sometimes fall by the wayside. And certainly, you know, some of them do, you know, the, the impression is that they are above the rules. And I love that you work with them to show them no. That's, you know, you're actually going to be more successful when you embrace the fact that you can be this giving person. Yeah. Yeah. And, and thank you to reference my earlier life uh, as, a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a lawyer. I, I mean, actually, I studied the law and then I practiced the law for a few years. Mm-hmm. I then decided to enter the family business, which... Mm-hmm is shipping faith forwarding oh okay and i spent you know a lot of time not just uh, with the law but most importantly with uh, with the business aspects of the family business managing mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, being part of the board and i have been uh, in other organizations as well so mm-hmm. like you said i do understand the business i do understand the corporate world um and yet what i came to the realization is that for us to be the best that we can possibly be to actualize really our full potential which is i believe why we are here mm-hmm. we need to look we need to look within we need to have what's called the hero's journey joseph campbell which i love by the way um identified that we have in our lives all these different uh, uh, hero's journeys mm-hmm. you know we can have one we can have so many if you if you really uh, look in to find your hero's journey, you will see that you had many, in fact. Mm-hmm. And the, the hero's journey is a journey where we get to conquer really ourselves. Mm-hmm. We get, and that's when people are really successful and they feel like it's something missing and they think it's going to be another business or they think it's going to be another accomplishment or they think it's going to be another achievement. Mm-hmm. I say, yeah, that's great. And I think the, the real the real deal becomes your hero's second journey. Like mm-hmm. you, you find another way to really conquer what you're missing, which is yourself. Right. You know, and, and especially here in the United States, that whole culture of more, you know, mm-hmm. is, is very predominant. You know, you have to have the bigger car, the bigger house, more money, the higher title, all right. of those various things. And when you talk with people who have it all, yeah. you know, and, and in many times they're the most unhappy people that, that are out there because they have been forced to have that drive to be ruthless, you know, and, and all of those things. And, and truly they have forgotten who they were and, and often they forgot why they even got into that business. You know, were, mm-hmm. did they get into the business to help a small business owner or, you know, mothers or whatever it is. And they get caught up in that more, more, more. And, you know, and, and so how do you work with someone to show them that 
they really don't have to be like that. Well, I think it's a great conversation to have about the nature of who we are. Mm -hmm. So if, if I lead with my, my ego, if you will, if my lead with my personality structure, mm -hmm. which is limited by certain perceptions, certain mm -hmm. ideas about the universe, about the world, about actually myself, then, mm -hmm. then I only find satisfaction, fulfillment, and gratification on those achievements, only mm -hmm. to find that those achievements at the end won't give me that satisfaction, that right. gratification and stuff. So it's understanding the nature of what we do and where we operate. So the ego, the personality structure, will always look for that. Mm -hmm. So we need to shift the perception into, into really who we are and, and to understand that the ego really wants always something more, but it's never going to be taking us to the next level because who is going to take us to the next level? Who is going to expand our comfort zone? Who is going, going to be giving us the experiences of our life that are really meaningful and, and gratifying mm -hmm. is our soul. So do we, need, do we need to look for the next achievement? Perhaps yes, perhaps no. It depends where you are. But what we need to do is to understand where is that call coming from. And that's why I say it's a hero's journey because if, they, if that call entails a deeper expansion of our soul, a different mm -hmm. expansion of our nature, to really actualize the gift. And, and, and I believe that comes with a question. The question is, who do I serve? Mm -hmm. What is my biggest contribution? How can I make the biggest contribution? Mm -hmm. How can I make a massive impact so that I can really serve? Because I think that is really calling to our nature, to the soul, to, to who we really are. Mm -hmm. And in that coming from a place of like, I, I love this. I am really excited about this. It's really expansive. Not about the fear of not being enough, of the fear of not having enough. Mm -hmm. Not about the fear of, uh, oh my gosh, if I don't get to the next level without, with another achievement, I'm, not, I'm nobody. Mm -hmm. And getting caught up in that sort of form of addiction, if you will, about uh, you know, the, the accomplishments that become another way of, of staying uh, in the box, mm -hmm. that, which is what the ego wants. So I think it's an experience that we need to have at some point in our journey because to bring meaning is what we are really for. Mm -hmm. And I believe when people have this midlife crisis, like I had one, it's because we are missing the meaningful aspects of our life. We mm -hmm. are disconnecting from who we are. Right. And it is because we're caught up in that culture of you're the boss, you have to always be in charge, you have to always be, you know, not thinking of yourself, you know, and, and it's not really that you're often thinking of your employees. It's, you know, I, I mentioned it, you know, before it's, it, it, you're thinking, well, I have to make money for the shareholders. I have to do this. I have to be successful. And, you know, and they do, the pe people just get lost. And, and it's tragic when we see that happen to, you know, the, the leaders of our corporations or even, you know, a small business owner, you know, the same thing goes when you're thinking, oh my gosh, I have to provide for my family. We get caught up in that. We absolutely positively have to be successful, which, you know, to so many people equates to bigger, better things, you know, more yeah. money, all of these various things. And, and, and we forget that, you know, maybe our family can live on a budget and we don't have to live in the big gigantic mansion. And you, I, I talked to a guest on my program uh, several months ago and he's driving a car that's 30 years old. And he said, why should I buy a different car? I mean, you know, this one works. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and, you know, and, and so I think that's so important is maybe it's that we all need to initially think about what is our definition of success and is it something that is for us or is it kind of an outwardly influenced one? Absolutely. And, and by the way, I love cars. I'm driving. Oh, yeah. uh, I love to drive a great car. Uh -huh. I think it's just, it's, it's the consciousness that we are coming within. It's, right. uh, 
it's, you know, there is a beautiful, um, beautiful model for, for transformation that I apply, uh, which is uh, drawn by the Conscious Leadership Group, which I, I have been uh, working with and been trained okay. by. And Jim Deffner and Diana Chapman are um, the, the coaches, the, mm-hmm. the great leaders. And what they say is that we can have the same conversation that we're going to have about, for example, a car or about uh, the production of your company or mm-hmm. about sales in your organization and coming from one context or coming from another context and having mm-hmm. the same kind of conversation. What I mean by it, we can have that conversation being above the line or below the line. Mm-hmm. And above the line is where we are actually coming from a place where we see life as happening by us. Mm-hmm as opposed to see life as happening to us. Okay. In other words, when we are buying to the fear that life is happening to us and we are caught up in this drama that sometimes life is, uh, is creating to us, then, then we see life where we don't have not only no, any control, mm-hmm. yeah, life where we are victims. Of right. Life. Yeah. And, and so then they refuse, you know, to take responsibility or, you know, it's, it's somebody else's fault and, and all of those. So how do we get past that victimhood? Well, it's, it's exactly by recognizing that we are caught up in that drama. Mm -hmm. There is a, there is a beautiful archetypal model. It's called the drama triangle, which Mm. is, we can be at times, in the victim position, we can be at times in the villain position, and mm-hmm. at times we can be in the hero position. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter really because the consciousness is life is happening to me. I'm in fear for the most part, and I don't have any control over anything. Mm-hmm. I'm in this victim of consciousness. And, and it's interesting to notice that the victim has the same energetic stance of the villain, which is the one that's blaming himself or herself or everybody else in the mm-hmm. world for what's wrong, mm-hmm. assigning fault. And then there is a hero, which again has the same value from an energetic standpoint of view because he's still in this triangle of drama. Mm-hmm. The hero is the one that, or is, 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 the, is the position where we somehow can... Uh, get caught up into this thinking that goes by, "Mm, okay, poor you. You don't have all the resources necessary. I'm going to fix this. I'm I'm going to save you. Right. And so the hero is basically seeking just for temporary relief and he's Mm -hmm. taking more than 100% the responsibility of the circumstances of Mm -hmm. of his or her life. And by doing so, the hero just seeing others as victims. So what happens is enables the drama triangle. Mm-hmm. And so it's very rewarded in our culture, being heroes. But what leads is to toxic results, because mm-hmm. especially in organization or even in families, when we are hearing, we are creating this dysfunctional relationship where mm-hmm. I am as a hero thinking you don't have enough or you don't have the resource or you're not you're not X, Y, Z. So I'm taking responsibility for you. Mm -hmm. And what leads me is a, I am burning and exhausting myself, burning out. Mm -hmm. B, you know, I keep enabling this drama. So instead of seeking to empower you, I'm seeking to actually keeping you there. Mm -hmm. So from an energetic standpoint of view, it's all the same. So the under, the undercurrent here is, is, is fear. We Mm -hmm. are, we are really in fear. So, you asked me that question and forgive me if I gave such a long, oh, no, no, that's great. long answer mm-hmm. because I wanted to point out mm-hmm. how the victim who consciousness is not just the victim is, 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 uh, is made of the consciousness of the villain and the hero. Mm-hmm. And the, the gateway to shift into the above the line consciousness, which is more, if you will, the ownership or the creator consciousness is to really take responsibility First, by being present into mm-hmm. where we are, which is location, 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 right? Mm-hmm. Real estate golden rule. Mm-hmm. And here, 
in this process is where am I locating? I'm, I'm in this position, I'm in this position, I'm, I'm, I'm in, the, in the drama triangle, I'm in the victim position, I'm in the hero position, I'm in the villain position. So I can, I can shift by asking myself the question is, am I willing to shift? Am I willing to take responsibility, to really take 100% responsibility? Mm-hmm. Am I willing to shift into being a creator to understand that life happens by me? So if I'm in this situation, you know, why this situation uh, was created in the first place? Mm-hmm. What is my contribution? What, right. is, what, is, what did I create that took me here? Or mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm in the, in, the, in the hero position, I can help people or help myself coaching myself from a different place, which instead of thinking this temporary relief, I can really seek empowerment. So mm-hmm. for example, I see that person which is struggling and is not taking 100% responsibility. I am empowering him or her to really do that. Mm-hmm. To, instead of fixing the situation for her or for him, I am helping, supporting her to mm-hmm. be the best person that she can be or he can be mm-hmm. so that can rise to the occasion and right. by taking herself responsibility, willing her to shift. So it's a different culture. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't have to stay, you know, in the drama triangle anymore. I can mm-hmm. shift. However, it's okay to be in the drama triangle at times mm-hmm. because there's nothing wrong to be in the drama triangle. It's part of life. We sometimes forget who we are. Mm-hmm. The most important thing is that we we recognize, we become aware, and then we are willing to shift. That's mm-hmm. the key. Right. And in that context, we can talk about sales. We can talk about production. We can talk about many different things. It's not about the content. It's mm-hmm. about the context. So are we having this conversation being above the line, or are we having this conversation being below the line? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's very difficult to move out of that triangle from whichever position you are in because it's comfortable, you know, oh. and, and, you know, and, and, and we like it. You know, we're used to it. it there's well, a, a, obviously it. a fear to leave it. The um, ego loves it. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, you might be very successful as the villain, um, you know, and, and, and of course, we all like to be known as the person who helps everyone and rushes in and saves the day, um, you know, and, and yes, there are times where people that, you know, being a victim is, is easy. Um, you know, and, and so it's, it is, it's about that mind shift. And, and it was funny because you mentioned sales as an example. And, you know, in marketing, we're all told that what we need to do is find where our customer's pain is mm-hmm. and fix it. Yeah. <laughs> and right there, we're just the hero swooping in, you know, as opposed to going in and saying, how can I help you fix it? And maybe, maybe you don't even have the right problem, um, but or you know you have something different. But but it's it's more about maybe it's it's a partnership as opposed to I'm going to come in and give you the answer. You know, it's it's let's find it together. Yeah, and as as another way to say it is could be you know what is the thing that brings the greatest joy mm-hmm. for your clients, right? What is the, the, the biggest thing that uh, help you, your business to expand mm-hmm. if you were to really apply that, if you mm-hmm. were to really apply the energy, infuse, attune to the energy of love or joy instead of like attuning to the, to the energy of pain. I think mm-hmm. it's a different, different paradigm. It's a different energy for sure. Right. Well, we all know people who we, you know, work with, network with, whatever, who you know they truly enjoy what they're doing and love what they're doing and you know there's there's that silly saying and i say it's silly you know that it, it's never a job if you love what you're doing well no you know what there are parts of what we do that you know i i did invoicing today i don't like doing invoicing <laughs> and but it's it's a necessary part of of what i'm doing but you know we we do we know those people who seem to kind of glow, you know, because they truly enjoy what they're doing. And for, you know, and, and for many people, including myself, a lot of times, it, it makes us jealous because it's like, oh, wow, you know, they, they found their passion, um, you know, and, and we're thinking, what do we need to do to get that? Mm. <laughs> well, it's, it's encoding the calling of your soul. Mm-hmm. I think it's part of the purpose to is first to understand who we are mm-hmm. 
And once we understand who we are, I think it's actualizing that. It's mm-hmm. actualizing what kind of gifts do we have? What is really my gift that I have to, to offer to the world? Mm-hmm. And, and I think we can uh, actualize the gift or we can stay in our limited version of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And, and again, also, that's scary. I mean, you know, well, especially if you were so used to it. Yes, of course it is. Uh, but I think life happens at the end of your comfort zone, mm-hmm. someone said. Right. right? I like and, that saying. That's one that I like. <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, if we want to stay in the comfort zone, perhaps instead of thriving, we are surviving. Going back mm-hmm. to that original statement we just made. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's about finding that and then leaning into without scaring ourselves too much, but just being able to expand. And, and remember, I think, you know, we had this conversation and, and, and I had my experience of that as well about, you know, really the purpose, what's the calling and all of that stuff, which mm-hmm. is really the, the, our quest. Someone pointed out, and I believe that is accurate, that it's not just what we do. So in other words, it's not just finding the right career, the right job and all of that mm-hmm. is what we do with the why is like, so if I'm a presence of love, if I am tuning into that sort of consciousness, mm-hmm. then at the end of the day, I can be in my purpose doing everything mm-hmm. and anything. Right. And it's a shift, like you said, in the mind. So it's not necessarily at the end how and what I'm going to do. It's who am I? Mm-hmm. So if I'm that presence, then I can do anything. But this is the catch that I think it's so important to to point out. Once I am in that energy and I am in that presence and attuning to those qualities that we have talked about, I will resonate more with certain things that are more in line with that frequency. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be easier for me to find and to... I don't like the word attract, but in this case makes sense mm-hmm. to attract that external expression of that mm-hmm. energy. So right. finding the job at the end of the day that is in highest resonance with, the, with, with that presence. Mm-hmm. So I think instead of thinking that way, which is, okay, I'm going to think about which is the best job for me. I want to think about first who I am, who am I? It comes from the inside, attuning to that presence and tuning to that energy, attuning to those qualities. And then from that place, which is really about service at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, Mm -hmm. I can find the expression in the outer world and, and serve from that place. Right. Did that make sense? It does. Okay. You know, and, and it's interesting as, as we were talking about this, I was thinking about people who, you know, who, who I know, who, or, you know, who I've, I've read about all of those things and, and who might have been in a position and then really switched to something different. Um, and for some reason, and maybe it's just because I'm, I'm here in Georgia, Jimmy Carter was the person that I thought of. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, I mean, he had one of the most prestigious, you know, some, some would say, um, titles in, in the entire world. I mean, you know, he mm-hmm. was president of the United States. And, you know, but after he left that and went back to being Jimmy Carter mm-hmm. and, and doing, you know, Habitat for Humanity, and, and obviously his faith is, is extremely important to him, and all of those things, you just see, I mean, when you see pictures of him or interviews of him, it is so clear that he is so much more happy, more at peace, you know, all of those various things. And I mean, that was somebody who, and many people would say, you know, had it all. And, and he went, you know, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and he had the courage to, to step away from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a wonderful example. Yeah. Right there. And I think to add to what you're saying, I get this question a lot from leaders in organizations to you know how i can inspire and engage more the workplace Mm -hmm. how can i make sure everybody is coming from this mindset Mm -hmm. and i always say you know first obviously 
it's like being who you are wanting others to be. So mm-hmm. in the example, right? And number one. And number two, recognize that leadership is not at the end of the day position mm-hmm. in the ladder of the corporate world, for example. Leading is a way of being. And you can be a receptionist and being a leader. Right. And you can be a CEO and not being a leader. Mm-hmm. So I think once we un- we understand that and we shift into that, it's easier for everybody, for example, in, in, in organization to realign themselves with that culture. Mm-hmm. And I love the work I do with certain organizations because bringing this conscious awareness, this conscious mindset helped really everybody to act as leaders. Mm-hmm. And in fact, some people want to become CEO one day. Yes, it is a skill set that you need to develop. There are certain skills that need to be developed, that need to be developed. However, it's the mindset first and foremost. So mm-hmm. I always say, start being the CEO of your company. Even if you're not, you don't have the title, start acting, behaving, and thinking as if you were. Mm-hmm. Your position, what is the CEO of your position wanting to do? So act as if. Mm-hmm. And that's the only way I think you can really show and demonstrate your leadership. Right. You know, I, I love that concept because so many times we're thinking, well, I'm just a whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and, and, and so we don't show those skills. And, and, you know, for some people, you know, we, you know, you say, you know, think like the CEO, well, that, you know, they might not want to be that level, but it still act like that leader. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and whether it's, you know, in say a volunteer organization, a church group, all those various things, but it comes back to being that good leader, that, that steward. Um, you know, I, I interviewed a gentleman, his name was Ray Pikowski on my program several months ago. And he was absolutely delightful. And that's his philosophy. You know, he, all of his employees are empowered, um, you know, to, to do things. And, and he just operates a totally different company. Uh, right. And it's funny because it's a company that's not all that sexy or that wonderful sounding. They do trade shows. But he has third generation people who work for him. You know, he, he's had people who've gone on sabbatical and then come back. You know, all these various things. And he, he said, you know, one of the biggest things that he regrets is that his company has gotten large enough. He doesn't know everyone now. But he has, you know, in, in the people who work for him, those other, you know, manager levels, they have the same philosophy as mm-hmm. he does. So he trusts them to be the, the stewards that, that he likes to be. Yeah, it's a wonderful example of conscious leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Now, in your training, one of the things that, that you do, and, and I shouldn't say training, in your, your coaching programs, and you work, <coughs> excuse me, with all levels. You know, we've been talking about CEOs, but entrepreneurs, small business owners. I mean, you know, it's, it's every level. You have programs for them. But you talk about the an engram. I'm not going to say that right. And I've been, that's one of the, that's it. Yeah, you say it again. Enneagram. It's got too many E's in the wrong places. Yeah, I know. Tell me what that means and, and how you use that in your coaching. Oh, I love the Enneagram. Enneagram first means uh, uh, map of nine. It's, uh, it's a word that's deriving from Greek. Mm-hmm. And it means nine and gram means map. Okay. It's basically a map of personality. Mm-hmm. And it's a very old uh, tool it's probably been uh, some. It's there's some divergences about uh, when the Enneagram came to to, to the world. Mm-hmm. It's been now. It's been now recognized as more than two thousand years old. Right. Traces of the Enneagram. Uh, right. Aristotle and Socrates yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. So it's incredible, and um, it's an ancient mathematical principle basically represented in a simple geometry pattern that governs mm-hmm. the movement of the entire universe. So that's really what it is. Uh, it's not just this woohoo kind of tool for mm-hmm. new age people. You know, I just want to make it really clear. And over the last 40 years, it's been actually reintroduced to the Western world and applied to the fields of psychology, personal development, mm-hmm. and the understanding of human consciousness to reveal what drives us and why. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, what are the blind spots that we have as human beings? 
And once we unlock the driver, we can discover the different truth of our authentic self, of our authentic nature, our authentic limitlessness. Mm-hmm. It's basically a map of nine different ways that we see the world. Okay. Nine different ways that we experience the world and nine different ways where we think feel and behave in a very, very specific way. And it's so freaking accurate that when I first learned about my type, I almost freaked out. Mm-hmm. I said, wow, who wrote that? It's, it's me. How did they know me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And, and the truth is, I always remember that the Enneagram is telling us that this is not really all of us is actually only a small part of us, the small mm-hmm. part of our ego, the small ego, because the, the true nature of who we are, which is the highest version, the higher side, the authentic self, the unconditioned self, is not that. Mm-hmm. So the Enneagram, what I love about it is it's revealing specific aspects of our personality structure and our ego. Mm-hmm. And it's pointing us to free ourselves from mm. that cage. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about in organization, in business uh, settings, uh, we always approach this from this understanding that that's not who you really are. It's what, what you do when you don't really pay attention, which means 95% of the time. Oh, okay. So we are becoming mindful. We are becoming more aware of these patterns that mm-hmm. are that are somehow, um, you know, leading us. Mm-hmm. And so we bring the awareness into the place, so that we are not anymore led by that, mm-hmm. but we are actually leading. Mm. So and and that's why I think the biggest contribution to the Enneagram to our to our world to to the field of personal development, to the field of spirituality, to the field of psychology is, is that really gives us a tool to not be led by, but to actually be the leader. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we are taking responsibility. It mm-hmm. goes back into that conscious uh, uh, leadership stance that we talked about earlier. So it's amazing. I love the Enneagram. You know, I can't, I, we should have a conversation only about that because it's so deep and, and obviously, uh, you know, it's such a huge and rich body of work mm-hmm. that, um, you know, it's, it's, really, it's really simplistic to define the way I did. However, I'm, I'm just giving you a little snapshot into it. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because it's not a personality test. Um, you know, we've, we've probably, many of us have done those where we're, you know, introspective extroverts or whatever, all those, those things come out. And I always found those kind of silly when I took them, especially if I was taking them as part of an employment, because I'm, I'm, I'm one of those people that says, what do they really want to (laughs) know? What, what is it that they're wanting me to be? So I'm trying to outthink the thing the whole whole time. And I realized that, you know, very well-written tests We'll, we'll, you know, get that out of you. You know, they, they, they word the questions in so many ways that, you know, you really can't do that, that try to outthink it thing. But, you know, I, I brought up Enneagram and Enneagram. See, I'm still struggling with that. And, and I love, and, and you're right. I think we do need to do an entire program on it because, and, you know, it's, it's interesting. It's talking about, you could be a reformer, a helper, achiever, individualist, investigator, loyalist, enthusiast, challenger or peacemaker mm-hmm. and you know just reading the reformer or the perfectionist some people relate yeah. to mm-hmm. that, that archetypal role yeah right you know and and clearly people and you know and and i'm just kind of laying the groundwork yeah. here for people to to you know because that way we can have you on again is you know these overlap it's not that you're one or the other or you know depending on the situation you're this and, and you're that but there is kind of my understanding is there's still kind of that core. Am I correct yeah. on that? Okay. Yeah, you're very correct. You are correct. First and foremost, Yenigam is not another personality type assessment. In mm-hmm. fact, when I first discovered, I, I felt exactly how you're feeling when uh, you're, uh, you're, you're proposed to be doing a disc assessment or Myers-Briggs. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh. I mean, they're great for certain purposes, but mm-hmm. they're just, you know, it just puts you in a box. And so, 
I thought the endogram was another another thing like that, and that's why I churned it out. And mm-hmm. then, under the suggestion of a, of a great mentor of mine, I took it back, and 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 I really I was ready. You know, when they say when when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. That's mm-hmm. what I think about the endogram. He's such a great teacher, and I was ready finally. So. Yes, you're absolutely right. It's not just another personality type assessment. It is giving you the light into your personality. Mm-hmm. And it's giving you also the way out of it mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a way through. So you have mentioned the nine different types. Um, it's an actually an archetypal model of transformation mm-hmm. because it recognizes with these archetypes, uh, different categories of our way of thinking, feeling, and doing things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the number one is the perfectionist, um, which is actually uh, the one that has this need to be perfect, to be good all the time. And uh, you understand that when you are driven just by this idea of being perfect, mm-hmm. you become really angry when things are not going that perfect way. Right. And so, and you have this need to make things right all the time. You're very critical, very opinionated because things should be in a certain way. Mm-hmm. So what creates that, it creates first the suffering in, in ourselves once we think that way. And then we start to fixate in certain aspects when we don't really pay attention. So, the anagram really is pointing us into this orientation that we have around the world, around others, how mm-hmm. we, we direct ourselves. And again, the, the world I like to point out here is when we don't pay attention. Because mm-hmm. what happens once we start to recognize and realize that, then we can actually access right. ways of behaving, feeling, and th- I mean, thinking, behaving, and, and thinking, feeling, mm-hmm. and behaving, which uh, sort of we say break the pattern. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we can transcend that uh, by cultivating specific virtues for every type. For example, type one, the virtue is serenity, mm. and it's an attunement, right? It's not mm-hmm. something we 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 somehow do it because once we start doing it, the doing the serene person, we act in as serene, but we are not 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 really being. So it's an attunement, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. And what I love about it is once you know your type. And you're right, you're a little bit of all the nine types. However, there is only one type that is your base camp. Right. You're, you're camping there when you don't think, when you don't pay attention, mm-hmm. right? So what, what, what enables us to first have compassion for ourselves and second, have more compassion for others. Mm-hmm. Because think about now, you are in a team and you are in a family, you are in a relationship, and, and you start to see aspects of the personality, you recognize that the other person or your team member, it's not just doing that to, with intention to hurt you or to mm-hmm. do something somehow against you, but he's just acting out his own or her own blind spots. Mm-hmm. So what you're really first asked to do is to have compassion for it. Mm-hmm. You can see how that is acting out out of, the blind spot, I'll have And then you can start to, you know, um, create a different level of, of relationship, different level of, uh, of relating, mm-hmm. uh, different questions we can ask. Uh, and, 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 and obviously this comes with the idea and the intention that we all take responsibility. Mm-hmm. So if I have more self-understanding, then I can actually sabotage less myself. Mm-hmm. And I have less chances and probabilities to run into quote-unquote troubles with, uh, with my behaviors, with mm-hmm. my you know, actions. Does that make sense? It does. You, and, and it was really funny that you brought up perfectionist because that would be me. And you know, for, the, for the people who, are, who know me in the real world who are listening to this, they're all laughing at that because that is true. I mean, there's my way and there's the wrong way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And now I've, I've had some serious illness for the last couple of years. And so that has definitely made a mind shift for me. But part of, part of all of this, you know, new me, whatever the heck we're going to call it, is the realization that somebody might do it different, but it's not wrong. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and, but I have to watch that, you know, and, and yeah, as no. my husband would tell you, he can't put anything in the dishwasher without me moving it. No. <laughs> you know? And so then I stand there and, okay, can I leave this plate where it is? Can I leave this plate where it is? Is mm-hmm. it really going to matter? I have to move the plate. Um, you know, and, and is it going to get clean? Sure. But there's just, and you know, the, so, you know, my, my poor long suffering husband, but you know, when I learned that I could delegate tasks mm-hmm. And trust that it would get done, you know, and, and, you know, we keep using that word empower to not lean over the shoulder, to not second guess. And yes, it, you know, it, it is, you know, it, they might do it in a totally different way, but it still got done. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all these various things and, you know, it's, it's very difficult. And, and I understand, you know, when we work with or for someone who is that perfectionist, because there, you really can't do it. I mean, you know, no matter what, it's not going to be right. And so then of course, what we do is we end up not trying, you know, we, yeah. we give up or, you know, like my husband figures, well, I'm never going to load the dishwasher because she's just going to redo it anyway. So, you know, might as well. You know. but, um, but it, it is, you know, as, as you said, when we recognize that about ourselves, then we can act differently. Um, yeah. But it's hard. I mean, my first instinct is still just to take over and, and do it. And it's like, no, sit on your hands. Don't volunteer. Shut up. You know, and, and um, you know, and yeah, there are times where it still just leaps out of me and I have to take over. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it's very interesting. And, and of course, that's what makes a good leader is for them to recognize you know, the, what they are, you know, what their, their personality is. And, you know, and then how to nurture all of that and, and work with the, the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love what you just said. Thank you for sharing. That was very vulnerable of you. And um, yeah, as you know, we all are at some level uh, recovering from perfectionism. I think uh, mm-hmm. it applies to the human mind who more and who less, but I think it's first easy uh, to remember that um, it's it's very important to remember we all have that sort of uh, syndrome we don't, mm-hmm. when we don't pay attention. And second is the way we really, on a different level, the way we can actually escape from this is to remind ourselves that the universe is perfect just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And at this point, is so helpful to bring in the serenity prayer, actually, which mm-hmm. I love. Right. Uh, Give me the strength to uh, to see that uh, to have to, what, what is it? The strength to see that things are as they are. The, the courage to to change what I can. To the, the and accept to, what I can't. Or you see, accept, I drew a blank on it too. <laughs> I accept what I can't and have the wisdom. Uh, I believe to know the difference. Mm-hmm. Right, that's something like that. Yeah. Right. So that's the serenity that is um, that is called here. I think it's a wonderful way for us to cultivate that quality mm-hmm. to be reminded of that quality right you know, it, to it's, be as, it to be a, forgive me and to be a wise realist mm-hmm. i right. think to have that wisdom that's actually the highest level of integration for for a perfectionist for a reformer mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's funny i just saw on facebook that you know a friend of mine posted something along the lines of you know when am i ever and she's she's younger um mm-hmm. but wise beyond her years and, you know, she posted today something along the lines of, when am I ever going to realize that most of what everybody else does really doesn't matter? <laughs> and, you know, and, and I, maybe it's because I've been so ill. There's, there's a big part of that in me. I'm like, you know what? It really doesn't matter. Um, you know, there, there are battles to pick and, and a lot more battles just to say, nope, not going to go there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the world won't come to an end if, you know, if the dishwasher doesn't get loaded right or this project doesn't get done exactly this way. You know, it, it's really, it's certainly not worth the stress of, of having to deal with that. And, and you know, and, and that is, you know, definitely one of the things that I have tried to focus on in my healing process is removing that stress and, you know, getting the toxic people out of my life or at least, you know, limiting my exposure to them. And, you know, and, and I, then I mentioned that word Facebook and, you know, it's like, ugh, you know, log in and there's all this toxic stuff, but you know, it's, it is something that I think we all kind of need to, to, to learn. And it's funny because you look at like our, our grandparents maybe would be a good example. They're pretty good examples of, you know, and unfortunately, both, you know, all my grandparents have passed away, but, you know, in many ways they did have the, you know what, it's really not all that important in the long run philosophy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think all of these tools that we have described, like the Enneagram or any, you know, self-help uh, uh, book or not that they are comparable, but I think it's important in their uniqueness, all of these tools, uh, any psychological tool, any program at the end of the day, in their uniqueness, they're just tools. Mm -hmm. So is, is important that we are helping ourselves to understand ourselves as we really are at our best and our worst and all mm -hmm. of the tools really helping us. And the Enneagram is actually a wonderful example. I think the best example, perhaps. However, if we don't do the work and we merely uh, get this information without doing anything, without applying it, without that to become transformational, mm -hmm. that's the, the difference between actually information and transformation Right. in that. Well, and then, then we can go back into that victim. Well, yes. you know, I'm that way because, you know, right. you, you just have to, to know that I'm that way because, you know, it's like, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. So all this stuff really reaffirms some age old insights into our nature and our human nature. Mm -hmm. However, if we don't take responsibility and make it into something really tangible, that is transformational. Mm -hmm. it, it, it just becomes another way to entertain ourselves. Right. So how would you describe real success? <laughs> it I think it's, it's your definition of success. Mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, it's your personal definition of success. The word real is related to what's real. Who, who is the one that's defining success? Are you defining success with your ego? Or are you defining success with your soul? Mm -hmm. And if you're defining success with your soul, the, which I believe is the real you, the real me, then you have a much more expanded version of that. Mm -hmm. So I think authentic success, real success is coming from that place. But the I still ego, want my cool car. The ego, of course, you can have it. <laughs> I mean, nobody's telling you you shouldn't have it. Uh, I think your you having a cool car perhaps is part of the bigger, a bigger picture of yourself, a bigger mm -hmm. picture of your definition. Where having a cool car is just a byproduct of of, of living with that. Mm -hmm. Some people have great cars and they don't enjoy it. Actually, right. they feel guilty. You know, and, and it's funny, we laugh about yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, you know, if I were to get a cool car, I mean, I, I would, it would have to be one where I wasn't having to, where I, where I really could afford it. You know, I wouldn't want to say, okay, well, I'm, you know, going to eat ramen for, you know, every day for a year in order to afford this car. I mean, that would just be silly. Um, but, but then I think, you know, would I really need it? You know, it, 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 like I see the, you know, the homes here in Atlanta. I mean, there are some homes here that are gigantic. And I sit there or, you know, Hollywood, I mean, you're out in, in LA, you know, I see some, and I'm thinking, you only really live in about three rooms. What are you going to do with all that other space? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, you know, it comes with, uh, it comes with, uh, uh, with their awareness and their desires and their preferences, obviously. I, I think at the end of the day, it goes back to your definition of success. Right. It is uh, not making wrong uh, your ego's definition mm -hmm. and then is actually perhaps adopting a bigger definition that comes from, perhaps not bigger, more meaningful, more authentic mm -hmm. definition that comes from your soul. And then if some people have, you know, bigger houses and everything else, it's great for them. I think it's, it's you know, when people do their work, do their contribution, then they are rewarded and they have their way of... Uh, of of rewarding themselves mm -hmm. in different ways. Right. And all of us have a different way to to reward ourselves. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's great. Right. And you know, and I think it's important to recognize that we need to be rewarded. You know, we work hard. Absolutely. We you know we've done all of those things. And if that means that I get a cool car, well, okay, I get a cool car. If it means I get to go out for steak one one day a week, maybe that's you know that's all those things. But you know, it's 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 okay. To, to reward ourselves. And, you know, that I think is, is one of the catches that people oh. see is, oh, well, you know, we can't do that because, ooh, our ego is, is getting carried away. Yeah, it's well, okay. I think, I think the key here, Deb, is to recognize that we are not 
our cars. In other mm-hmm. words, if I identify myself with the car, right. then, uh, and I'm making the example of the car because you're bringing up the car, mm-hmm. then, then I make it mean something about myself. So right. the problem becomes, not that I have a car and a beautiful car, the problem becomes my worth and value is attached to the car. Mm-hmm. Right. So that is, I think, the key. You know, if you don't get attached to the car and you don't think that is, that doesn't, that means anything about you, um, that's very healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, you can drive a beautiful Bentley, as a matter of fact, and 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 and, and doesn't mean anything about you because mm-hmm. you know on a deeper level, you are not your Bentley. I'm just making an example. Right. Mm-hmm. There are so many Bentleys here <laughs> in Los Angeles and any other places. Lots of BMWs think, here in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, I think, the the important stance mm-hmm. is like, what do you make it mean about yourself? Do you make mm-hmm. it mean that you're worthy only if you can drive a specific car? Mm-hmm. If you don't have that car, do you feel less of? Um, do you envy others that they have that car? Um, do you feel attached to having that car? I'm just mm-hmm. using the car as an example. Right. For, Big for house, job title, whatever it yeah. is. Mm-hmm. And I think the identification with that is the unhealthy mm-hmm. experience. Right. Well, and it, that's, it, it's fascinating to me, and we actually aren't going to have time to be able to talk about it because you work with athletes. And to me, that's, that is kind of part of their mindset is, you know, is, uh, in, in you know, a lot of athletes. Now, I've spent a lot of time around athletes also, and, you know, it, we hear about the bad ones. I mean, that's just the way that, that the world operates. There are so many absolutely fabulous, generous athletes, all these various things, but it is a different mindset. And part of it depends on what sport they're in. You know, is it an individual sport or is it a team sport? Are they, say, the quarterback or are they the, you know, the, you know, a, a wide receiver, you know, a tackle, all those various things? What What is their role? you know, all of those things, but yeah, it, it, some, we will definitely have to have you on again because I'd love to hear more about how you work with athletes. Well, they all share something in common who is successful and the same applies to, you know, uh, I call corporate athletes, the executives, they are right. with this mindset. Mm-hmm. They all share something similar is, is that they have a goal, they have an objective, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily winning. Mm-hmm but is staying true to a specific process, to a specific ways of being and doing things that will eventually result in winning. Mm-hmm. Right. Only with that mindset, they would actually give themselves the best shot to win. Mm-hmm. And it comes with, with the love of the game, with the joy of playing. And the same for, for the people that are successful entrepreneurs and leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, comes with that joy, with that love of leading from their heart, right? Living with uh, with that full passion of who we really are, or who they really are. So I think it's there is a very strong commonality in that, right? Of course, the the hard part about an athlete is they're they can't be that forever, um, and in many cases they you know they they lose it very quickly. You know they're they're injured in college or you know whatever, and and if that was their life. I mean, you know, you talked about, you know, the car, you know, you defined your life as that car. I mean, if you define your life as that shortstop, that goalie, that whatever it is, and then poof, it's gone. And I mean, it really can be poof, especially for an athlete. Well, we see how do they, they carry on. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. A lot of depression. Afterwards, after their careers, unfortunately, because there is this identification with the role Mm -hmm. and, um, and the title, and, and I think the work that we do is very important to remind them that they are not that. Who they are is much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. They are just playing a role in that moment of their life. They can be very grateful for it. They can appreciate every moment until the last. Remembering and reminding, I think sports is a beautiful metaphor, right? The season mm-hmm. of, 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 of the game, the season right. of the championship mm-hmm. is over at some point is like life mm-hmm. there is a beginning there is an end you know it's mm-hmm. everything is impermanent so i love the dodgers for example this is a tough year for them mm-hmm. um so far and uh and you know it reminds us how things can quickly change mm-hmm. how things are moving there is always a dynamic and right 
think we, when we get identified and attached to a specific goal, a specific outcome, we can really get stuck. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, holy cow, Nicola, we are at the top of the hour. So yeah. tell people a little bit about the, the programs that you provide and then how they can find you online. Oh, that's so sweet of you. Thank you. Um, well, they can find me on my website. is uh, uh, nicola-albini.com, um, N-I-C-O-L-A-A-L-B-I-N-I.com, uh, uh, mm-hmm. which is my first and last name. They can send uh, an inquiry to my services. I work with uh, organization on a team basis and individual basis, as well as with... Uh, personal achievers and, uh, and entrepreneurs and athletes. Uh, uh, so we have different programs for different uh, type of um, different type of, uh, of, uh, of individuals and mm-hmm. organizations. Um, the best way to reach me is through the website and then we can have a conversation and let's Perfect. see from there where you can take, if there's a good fit, I don't work with anybody because I love to work only with people that there is a deep resonance with mm-hmm. Great. Well, and you've got a great blog on there. And so maybe Thank that would you. be the first point is for somebody to, to look through that and go, oh, wow, this really is somebody that I want to reach out to. Thank you. I appreciate that. Great. Well, I have been having an absolutely fascinating time. And, and you know, the, the hour just flew by, which definitely means we have to have you on again. But I am Deb Creer, and I've been talking with Nicola Albini. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour. Hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. You've been listening to C-Suite Radio. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.